Join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for this time together to dive into your word. Lord, may we take these moments to look at our fellow neighbor and our friend that we may share your love with them. May we slow down and see those opportunities that you lay before us, the people and places and things that we should be taking care of in our lives. We give you thanks, Lord, for this time together. In your name we pray. Amen. I have, a, I have a little bit of audience participation for you this morning. Uh, I know everyone loves that. So I'm going to give you a number of dates, and I would love for you to try to figure out or think about what these dates have in common. May 21st, 2011. October 21st, 2011. January 1st, 500. April 6th, 2000. August 7th, 1847, and June 8th, 2019. Any ideas? Yeah, nobody knows, because there are a whole bunch of random dates, but these dates are also, I, if somebody would have raised their hand, I'd have been like, wow. <laughs> Did you get a guess? I'll let you guess. The end of the world. The end of the world, yes, these are dates that, good job, we had to kind of figure out what the reading was about. These are dates that people have predicted. The world will end. They've not just predicted them, they have proclaimed it to all sorts of people. Um, by the way, this is not all the dates that people have predicted. There's probably thousands. Um, but it is, it is something that the Christian church and people in the Christian community have struggled with for a very long time. I will say this on the outset. If you ever are in a church and someone from the pulpit tries to tell you the exact date and hour that Jesus will return, you should get out of your seat, walk out the door, and never return back. Uh, Jesus is very, very clear that no one will know. In fact, he says to his disciples, not even he in his human form knows. Now, for the disciples, getting to our reading today in Matthew, this story kind of begins just to give you some context. The disciples have been wandering through Galilee and heading on their way to Jerusalem. Jesus has told them that signs will be coming that they will see, that the Messiah will be coming again. And they are so fixated on that moment. They are so fixated and believing that this is it. They are getting excited. They would be so excited that even they wouldn't even really listen to this moment in Jesus, that as they head off on the Palm Sunday, if you know the story, right? Where people pull the palm branches out and declare him king. And as he's walking into Jerusalem, what does he do? He walks right down into Jerusalem. And as he gets into Jerusalem, he looks around the temple. They believe at that moment he's going to gather the Jews together, throw out the Romans, and reinstitute the kingdom. And what does Jesus do? He looks around the temple and he walks right back out. He kind of sets them up for this moment. And the, and the Christians and, and all sorts of people have been waiting and waiting with eager anticipation. But Jesus tells them very clearly that they're not going to know the date. He says this. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. So the question this morning, I think, at least the question I have is, well, well why not? Like, why not just tell us, you know, January 2nd, 2018? 
is the day Jesus is going to return. Why doesn't, why doesn't Jesus and the Father tell us that day? Why not just give it to us? And I think there's a really strong reason that he doesn't. And I'm going to illustrate that in this way. I have another slide for you. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Give me the countdown. Ah. Oh. Oh, we're struggling with that. I'll give him one more shot. All right. Well, there is a countdown that's supposed to be on that screen, and I'm not sure why it's not there. But the countdown is 28 days. Uh, there's some hours and minutes, and I'm not sure how many of those were because I couldn't read that fast enough. But 28 days till Christmas. How many of you are excited about this? None of you have raised your hand. Okay, good. Countdowns, okay, most people, if there were any little children in the room, they'd all be like, yeah, me. Right? Um, Christmas is one of those times that we get ready for, we, we are excited for. Uh, most of us are. I think right now, all of us are in shock of the shopping and all the other stuff that's got to get happening. If you're like my family, uh, this weekend my wife made me hold off until Thanksgiving morning to set up all of the stuff. We weren't doing Thanksgiving in our house, so I could do that. Uh, set up all the Christmas trees. If you're like me, you've, you maybe have one of those little uh, advent calendars or you've got a little thing that you put up that counts down the days till Christmas. Uh, maybe when you were a kid you had a paper chain that you put together that you ripped off every day. Uh, this is something we do. We have countdowns. And the other thing we have countdowns for is not just Christmas, right? When we're um, maybe a high school or college student, it's countdown to graduation. Uh, when we are a parent, it also might be countdown to graduation. Um, when they're in college, I know my father, it was countdown until I got my first job and stopped asking for money. Um, uh, as we get older, those countdowns maybe look like different things. But maybe we're just counting down to the weekend. Maybe we're counting down uh, to a time when we won't have so much uh, busyness in our life. As we get older, I know a number of people who the countdown is to retirement. Uh, I have a pastor friend that I've seen in the last year uh, that every time I see him, he says to me things like, three months, 12 days, and 42 hours, not that I'm counting. Uh, but we all have these moments where we want to count down or get to the next big thing. We know the date. We want to get to that moment. And I think what God was trying to tell his disciples is we don't want you to be counting down. Because sometimes when we count down, we get so focused on the next thing that we stop enjoying the moments in between. We stop stopping and being in those moments. He said to them, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. From the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving up in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what happened until the flood came and took them away. We as God's people, sometimes we get so caught up in our big moments that we forget that God, where God has placed us to do his amazing work. Where God has placed us in these specific moments to be able to proclaim God's love and God's grace to people around us. I know in the Christmas season, sometimes we are so busy running around getting presents shopped for and all that other stuff that happens in preparation. We go to grocery stores, we go to the, the cashier, 
and we've been standing in line for way too long, and the cashier does not look like they are moving at a pace that maybe the pace we would like them to move at. And sometimes our words to them can be crushing and defeating. And I think God has called us as his people to be people of hope. People of hope in those moments that God has placed before us. It might be looking at that cashier and just saying a kind word. Because most of the time in those moments, they've heard a lot of ugly. I used to work at a grocery store. I can tell you during this time of year, especially Thanksgiving, but even in the Christmas season, it would always have been very nice instead of the, why aren't you moving faster? Why don't you have milk? Why don't you have this particular product? Maybe to look at that person and just say, hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for, for being here in our midst. It's so easy for us to be looking toward the future that we stop and miss those moments to share God's grace and God's love to those people around you. But I would also suggest that it's not just those other people. That God has also given us this promise to say, how are we ready? How are we ready to share in his love in our day-to-day -day lives? He goes on to say this, two men will be in a field, one will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken, and the other left. Pastor Steve talked about this a couple weeks ago, but part of being ready is being ready in the midst of, of where God has called us to be. I know I am privileged by God to be called as a full-time church worker. I truly take that as a privilege. God allows me the opportunity to share his love in as many ways as possible. But even in my job, it can be a struggle to take the time to stop in those moments, not always looking to the very next thing. You as God's people, by the way, are also called in whatever it is that you do. Whether you are a CEO of a company, whether you are a cashier at a grocery store, whether you are the garbage man picking up the garbage, you are called by God to live in that moment, being ready to share his grace and his mercy with others. And it might even be with that person or coworker that you prefer to avoid. We all know that person, right? The one who's so angry and bitter and struggling in life that we just don't even want to be around them. They may be taking out their anger and frustration on you and this world because they haven't heard that kind word in Jesus. We as God's people are called to that. We as God's people, when we are to be ready, are to be ready to live in those moments. It may be this Christmas season when you see a family member who you have had real struggles with, who you are frustrated by, that God may be calling you this season to stop and say that kind of word, to stop and pronounce and give forgiveness for all those things that have happened. When I was in college, I, uh, it was my freshman year of college, and I was having a, a time of some struggle, I will say. Grades were not the greatest. It was kind of during a little bit before uh, the first exams. And it was not a good time. I was not in a good place. Uh, I was walking. It was later at night, probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, because I was in college and that's what I did. 
and uh, was walking around campus, and a, and a friend of mine who led a small group Bible study that I was a part of, uh, I believe God placed me in that moment and her in that moment to have a moment. And she, she happened to walk by and she stopped and she said, Steve, how are you doing? And for whatever reason, I was prompted not to give the normal answer, which is fine or great or whatever. Um, I stopped and said, actually, I am not doing well. And this friend of mine, she said, well, let's talk about that. You know, I got somewhere to be, but I can take the time. So we walked over to the chapel at Concordia. We sat there for probably two hours talking about life and, and, the, and the nonsense of life and the mess of life and uh, prayed together. And I remember thinking in that moment, how cool is God? How cool is God that he stopped somebody for me? And I've kind of said in my life that I hope that, that God allows me to do that from time to time. I hope God allows me to stop and ask people, how are you doing? And really mean it. Because I think that God, in being ready for Christ's return, is being ready to give his love and his grace to those around us. To be ready to share in the hope that we have in Jesus. As we prepare our hearts and minds, my prayer for you today is that you would be ready. That you would be ready in those moments that God is placing in front of you. You, like me, are probably going to miss 90% of them. But our hope and prayer as God's people is that we are ready to share that hope that we have in Christ. And we stop and do that. Can you join me in a word? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your son Jesus. We give you thanks, Lord, for the work that he has done in our lives. Lord, may we be not so fixated on dates and future that we lose sight of those people that you place in front of us. Lord, we have some of those people in our hearts right now, and I would pray that you would give us opportunity to share your love, your grace, and your mercy into their lives. May we not live with a heart of fear, but with a heart of joy, that we may proclaim your good news into their lives. Lord, as we get ready for your second coming, as we try to be ready at all times, may we be ready to share your love and those of us. We give you thanks for this time. In your name we pray. Amen.